our truest life is when we are in dreams awake. So said Henry Thoreau. Dreams are the playground of the mind and the horizon of our imagination. For thousands of years, our fears and desires have danced a mysterious tango against this nocturnal backdrop. But why do they? And what are they? And how can we? But where? Generations of thinkers have struggled with these questions, and none have found the answer. Until now. Welcome to the Fantascope Variety Hour, sponsored by the Fantascope, a product of New Horizons Incorporated. Welcome back to the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sin. I'm Dr. Brand Goodwell. And I'm Dr. Wayne Fogstone. Each week on this program, we bring you real-life dream recordings, courtesy of the miracle invention from New Horizons Incorporated, the Fantascope. Using highly advanced nanotechnology and some barely invasive surgical procedures, the Fantascope records a sleeping user's dreams for later playback and analysis. Then, the user takes their dreams to a certified New Horizons dream doctor, and their therapy session can begin. It's that easy. Once your underlying psychosis or hysterical mental disease is discovered, our dream doctors will prescribe a course of wonder drugs, such as Proloft or Insomnibax. You'll feel better in no time. The Fantascope has the potential to change each and every one of our listeners' lives. Unfortunately, in what amounts to nothing more than a tragic example of government regulation gone too far, the Fantascope is currently illegal in this country, outside of clinical trials. But you can join the waiting list by texting in to 0427 767 767 or emailing us directly at brandgoodwell at gmail.com. We'll be back after these dreams with a very special message from New Horizons Incorporated. Once again, you're listening to the Fantascope Variety Hour on SIN. Thirty seconds till arrival, Commander. Excellent, Private. Do you think he found it, sir? I hope so, Private. For humanity's sake, I hope so. The wormholes reopening. Oh, it's him. Thank God. It's good to see you, sir. Captain Armstrong, how are you feeling? Well, the wormhole takes a lot out of you, but I think I'm in one piece. We'll get you checked out in the med center right away. But first, we have to know: was your mission a success? Well, I ran all the diagnostics. The atmosphere on Delta X is thin, but breathable. There's organics, water, it's very similar to Earth. So it's habitable. We can rebuild civilization there. Hold on, I didn't say that. Captain, if the atmosphere supports life, then what's the problem? It's just that it stinks. Okay, but what's wrong with it? No, that's it. It it literally just smells really bad. It smells bad? Like rotting eggs or something. It's foul. But if it's just a bad smell... It's not just a bad smell. It reeks. It's like a poo sweating out a fart, Commander. Captain, Earth is dying. The air is polluted. We're running low on water. Delta X is the only planetary system within range of this wormhole. It's our only hope. If it can support life, Look, at the moment, I'm the only human in the universe who's set foot on Delta X. And I'm telling you, I'd rather stay on Earth than smell it again. You'd rather stay on Earth and die than live on a perfectly good new world. It's not perfect. It's pungent. Captain, this is absurd. How could... uh, Hold on. Now, I'm thinking I don't want to go there either. Private, I... Sir, he's the only one who's actually smelled it, and he says it's bad. Like a horse's bald sack in an old gym sock. Maybe we should listen to him. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you two. Hey, you don't have to stay here. Wormhole's right there. Have the whole stinky planet to yourself. Fine then, I will. So we have encountered... And he's through. 
Captain, is it really that... Trust me, I'd rather shrivel to death in a nuclear winter than ever catch a whiff of it again. But surely... It was like fermented butthole soup. Commander! That was quick, was it? Delta X is unfit for human life. Contact the President. Humanity will perish on Earth. Wait, so it Like is... a raccoon f***ing a pool of vomit, Private. Like a raccoon f***ing a pool of vomit. Officer? How can I help you, ma'am? Well, there's a dog running round off the lead. I didn't see the owner or anything, and it just bit me on the ankle. Bit you on the ankle? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, now, did you ask the dog to bite you on the ankle, or do anything to indicate to the dog that you wanted to be bitten on the ankle? No. How could I do that? Well, what were you wearing? This? It happened just minutes ago. I see you're wearing ankle socks. Yeah. If you're going to bear your ankle in a park, you have to be ready for a dog to bite you on the ankle. I don't see how my socks could... Have you had anything to drink? No. And you're sure the dog bit you on the ankle without you asking? You didn't lead the dog on at all? How could I lead a dog on? Talking to it, letting it buy you a cocktail, sharing a cab with it? No. Now, are you going to do anything about this? Well, if you really want me to, I could file a complaint for you. Yes, thank you. I would like that. It's just that, ma'am, this dog is an upstanding member of the community. What? He's got a family, a career. If you want to make an official complaint like this, it would really damage his reputation. His reputation? It would just be really unfair to smear his name when you can't really prove that you didn't ask him to bite you on the ankle. I mean, with these low-cut socks. This is ridiculous. Hey, if you want to pursue the complaint, that's fine. It's just that a lot of juries might see you as a woman angling for some sort of payoff. A payoff from a dog? People might think you came to this park with your low-cut socks on to try and tempt a dog into biting your ankles. Fine. Just leave it. It's fine. Between you and me, ma'am, I think that's the right choice. Welcome back to the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sin. I'm Dr. Wayne Fogstone. And I'm Dr. Brant Goodwell. Now, we have received a flood of requests from listeners eager to try the Fantascope. Rest assured, you've all been placed on a watch list for future dreaming. And once again, the text line is 0427 767 767. Now, before we move on to some more dreams, Dr. Goodwell, I believe you had something important to tell me. Ah, yes, of course. Now... Fogstone, the thing we must remember about the Fantascope is that it is a masterpiece of design and innovation. Oh, it goes without saying. The device was created in the utmost secrecy by a team of highly qualified and trained professionals. Is that so? Unfortunately, we have discovered third-party providers have been creating knockoff devices, machines that look and sound like the Fantascope, but contain none of that wonderful New Horizons innovation and dream technology. Back alley dreaming, Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call it that. Thankfully, those good folks over at the New Horizons Incorporated Propaganda Department have sent us a PSA that they'd like us to play. Well, lucky we have a cassette machine in the studio. I'll fire it up. One, one, six, two, seven, nine, four. Welcome, Dreamer. This is an official communique from New Horizons Incorporated. This recording will be played at 30 minute intervals during your normal REM sleep cycle. Do not be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. It has come to the attention of Horizons that there are some off-market devices currently in circulation in the Australian sphere of influence. This must not be allowed to happen. 
All Fantascope device users should examine their device and confirm the serial number beginning in 767K. It is 12 digits long and accompanied by a holographic image. If your serial number is invalid, please immediately report this to our fraud hotline 0427-767-767. Remain in your position and a certified dream doctor will be dispatched to your address with a neutralization kit. Our access to the Australian sphere of influence must be reserved at all costs. This communique brought to you by New Horizons Incorporated, building better dreams. Well, that settles that then. On with some more dreams, I'd say. Excellent. You're listening to the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sin. The people behind the music of the times you can't forget. This is Inside the Studio. After the commercial failure of his Chocolate Tree album, and with his band falling apart around him, legendary songwriter Django Keefe returned to the studio in the summer of 86 to commence a new musical project. I wanted to record in a new environment, because small studios always made me nauseous. So I asked for a big house to use because I thought it would make a nice change from the cardboard boxes I grew up in. But they decided to play a prank on me and get me a haunted mansion. I had ghosts making fun of me the whole time. One particular poltergeist kept stealing my guitar picks. Every time I tried to record a demo they'd make a spooky noise and have to start over. It was really scary it was. It was a very... lonely time. I kept inviting the boys over, but they said they didn't want to hang around with Ghost Boy in his freak mansion. Then I locked myself inside, after one of the spirits stole my house key. I was trapped, couldn't get out, almost starved to death. Thankfully, a particularly kind pizza delivery boy would bring me supplies, sliding pieces of margarita through the lettuce slot in the front door so that I could receive sustenance. The album wouldn't have happened without him. Thanks, Pepe. After a few months without natural light or human contact, surrounded by mischievous spirits, I went a bit mad. Started hearing voices threatening me, telling me to get out. I became paranoid, stopped doing the music completely. I was just trying to find ways to escape. I convinced myself the only place I could be safe was on the moon, so I took the studio apart, recombining electronics to try and make a functioning rocket ship. I don't really remember a lot of that time, it's, it's all a blur. Anyway, the boys found me passed out in the underpants in the mansion, half a guitar in front of me. I'd forgotten how to talk, so I couldn't really explain myself. I'm sure they would have understood anyway. All the amps were making funny noises, the guitars were out of tune, the only recorded audio we had was from when I tried to catch a ghost in one of the microphones. Still, they thought it sounded alright, so we got Big John to mix it all together, recorded the Horn and Whorehouse album. I never want to go back there, I never do. Secure pool cleaning, how can I help today? Oh hi there, I'm having a pool party in a few weeks and... uh... Well, the old pool needs a bit of a clean-out. Fantastic, son. You've come to the right place. Our secure pool cleaning service uses the latest technological advancements to safely and securely clean your pool. Sounds great. We offer several packages for our clients. Based on your description, 
It sounds like you need a tier one pool cleaning. Yeah, definitely. Once we greenlight a tier one operation, the client has 24 hours to vacate the premises. Our team of commandos must have clear access to the pool and absolutely no interruptions. Commandos? Maybe you're not ready for tier one. No, so sorry, I, I am, I am, please go on. Once our team secures the perimeter and all enemies have been neutralized, they will triage your pool. After the team is confident the pool is stable and able to be transported, they will begin pool disassembly. Disassembly? The pool will be drained, broken up brick by brick, and stored in armor-plated containers. Our team will exfil the area by helicopter to a secure location, where your pool will be reassembled to exact specifications. Our divers will pressure test your pool, and a former Olympic athlete will swim no less than 40 laps to verify its integrity. That's actually pretty cool. At this point, the team is free to begin the pool cleaning procedure. Phase 1 includes a full chemical bath. We use discarded factory-grade chemicals from countries that don't exist anymore. We guarantee 99.99% .99 of bacteria will be neutralized by this highly toxic sludge. Hey, wait a minute. Phase 2 involves a full psych profile of the pool. We bring in former ASIO analysts who are highly trained in interrogation. They'll screen your pool for any potential radical political leanings. Are you serious? Son, if I were to put the lives of my family entirely in the hands of someone else, I'd want to know they could be trusted, wouldn't you? I guess so. Once the pool passes the psych eval and the polygraph exam, we will proceed to phase three, contamination. You mean decontamination? Negative. Using depleted uranium shells, we will bombard your pool for a period of no more than 30 minutes. This extremely high dose of radiation will prove lethal to our specialists, which is why we have a backup squad just minutes away. I just... The backup squad will also immediately die from radiation exposure. We will then move to phase four, pool return. Your pool will be secured by robots and flown via helicopter back to your location, at which point it will be airdropped back into place. Airdropped? Yes, unfortunately, a Tier 1 operation prohibits ground installation. Because of the radiation? Because of the deadly radiation, yes. Once we return the pool, we advise you not to enter it for a small period of time, as there may be some residual radioactive material. How long? 150,000 years. But my pool party's in two weeks. In that case, we do offer a free concrete sarcophagus, which could be installed over the top of the pool via crane, which will protect your family and your immediate neighborhood from the potent radiation. The sarcophagus weighs 5,000 tons and will only require the bulldozing of three adjacent properties. You won't find another business out there that will entomb your pool at no extra cost. I... you know what, thanks. I think I'll just buy some chlorine and do it myself. Negative, negative. Operation Aquatic Fist has commenced. Remain in your position. Our team's ETA is 15 minutes. Wait, I don't want any of... Welcome back to the Phantoscope Variety Hour on Sin and another unforgettable series of dreams, Dr. Goodwell. How can listeners let us know their thoughts? Right, you are, Fogstone. Uh, listeners can contact us by texting 0427-767-767 by emailing brantgoodwell at gmail.com or even checking us out on Twitter at newhorizons underscore inc. Now, while the Phantoscope is technically the subject of a High Court injunction and unavailable for general purchase, anyone who signs a constitutional rights waiver can order one from New Horizons, and we've received a lot of feedback from these early adopters. Yes, it seems everyone loves the Phantoscope, apart from a tiny minority who are experiencing some issues with the device. Now, we cannot stress this enough. There is nothing inherently wrong with the Phantoscope, so in the eyes of the law, these are your problems, and New Horizons is not liable. But in the interest of consumer confidence, we've decided to provide some troubleshooting advice for common complaints. Some users are reporting insomnia after using the Phantoscope. Now, this is caused by not inserting the arms of the Phantoscope deep enough into your brain. If you're experiencing insomnia, make sure the device is really digging in there. Your sleeping patterns should return to normal in six to eight months. Now, some Phantoscope users have reported incidences of sleepwalking, sleep talking, and sleep jumping out of windows screaming. 
Now, while these conditions are not harmful, except for that last one, which is actually life-threatening, we understand that they can be disruptive to your home routine. This is why we recommend moving home if any of these conditions occur to you after using the Fantascope. If you have a family or pets, please leave them behind. We've also received some emails from Fantascope users complaining of incontinence, bedwetting, along with some entirely unnecessary attached images. If anything like this has happened to you, please do not insert pictures of it in your emails, as our network security sets off a loud alarm in our office for every unapproved attachment, and that doesn't help anyone. Unfortunately, there is no remedy for the bedwetting, which you will find is now a lifelong condition. Finally, there have been reported incidences from Fantascope users of a small boy with ruddy cheeks and dirty overalls appearing in the room, calling himself Gregory, and tearfully begging for assistance for his younger sister Loretta, who has fallen down a nearby well. This is a common experience for users of the Fantascope, and just requires a simple reset of the device. Also, in no circumstances should you follow Gregory to the well, as he has been paid by a criminal gang to lead you into a trap. Well, that should solve your problems and absolve us of any potential legal liability. Let's hear some more dreams from the Fantascope Dream Banks. You're listening to the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sid. Gary? Principal Gary? <laughs> oh, sorry, Diane. I was, I was just... Um... You're thinking about the school's budget again. That's you all over, Gary. So dedicated, even in sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I said I... Look, what is it? Mr Miller is here to see you. Tim Miller's father. God damn it. Again? What happened to the system, Diane? Well, he just showed up and... Uh, never mind. Send him in. Mr Miller, how are you, mate? Fine, thank you. Principal Webb? No, just call me Gary. Excellent. Now, Mr Webb, I just have a few thoughts about this latest school production. Right, right, go on. Well, uh, see, Timmy came home with his script last night. Oh, it's night. a great one, isn't it? I mean, the kids bloody love it. Well, that's actually what I wanted to speak to you about. You see, it, it's not right. What's not? Christmas celebrations in a public school. Frankly, Mr Webb, I'm disgusted that you would implement a program of... Why, it's nothing less than brainwashing targeted at our feeble-minded children. Well, what's your issue with it? My son has been cast as Father Christmas. Now, I don't know about you, Mr Webb, but when I was at school, we studied the classics. We didn't study make-believe fairy tales invented by corporations to sell products. Look, Mr Miller, uh, if Timmy doesn't want to do the part, well, we can find someone else. Uh, could... This is the bloody problem. The poor boy's got this fool idea in his head that he actually wants to play the role. I spent the better part of four hours last night trying to deprogram him from all this claptrap. I'm not sure that that's Not the... even Chomsky's marvellous manufacturing consent could get through to him. In any case, this whole production needs to go. Uh, Mr Miller, they're halfway through rehearsals. I... Don't see how... Principal Webb, do you realise that you're presiding over nothing less than the creeping encroachment of organised religion in our public school system? I understand that you have concerns... Father about... Christmas has no place in schools. This is nothing less than a Christian crusading takeover. Hang on, Mr Miller, have you read the script? The, the whole point is that it's a celebration of all the different holidays our students are a part of. We've got uh, Hanukkah, Ramadan, oh. we've got... Uh... Oh, I suppose I should be pleased then. You're not content with cramming one false philosophy down my child's throat. You want to corrupt his mind with all the major desert fantasies. Now, now just calm down. No, and... no, I will not calm down. I will not bend in the face of tyranny. Mr Miller, this is a grade six production. We've been doing it for years. It's really not a big deal. So thinks the lamb as he's led to the slaughter. Jesus Christ. Who? Never heard of him. You've never heard of Jesus? I don't concern myself with false prophets, no more than I would concern myself with the rantings of a simpleton on the street corner. Oh, okay, Mr Miller, okay, you've made your point. How can we make this right for you? Well, ideally we would scrap the entire play, but I see that the powers that be will not allow this to happen. I would accept some alterations in order to make this play more palatable to the silent majority of secularists in the audience. And who would make these alterations? 
Well, I, I suppose we should let the most competent free-thinking skeptic make these adjustments. Can you can you think of anyone who would be well-read in, in Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris, et al.? Well, there's you. Oh, <laughs> you flatter me, Principal Webb. Uh, how unexpected. As it happens, I have an annotated script right here. That's... How long is that? I've made a few extensions. Here, please draw your attentions to page one, uh, with the voiceover reading from the God Delusion. Okay. Hello, I'm James Power, and welcome to our final election week debate. Tonight, we have the Education Minister, Tim Pellegrino, who will be debating the Shadow Education Minister, Joseph Miller. Gentlemen, please begin by introducing yourselves. Hi everyone, as uh, Education Minister, I am absolutely committed to serving the needs of my community. If you consider the community to be me, Tim Pellegrino, and needs to be me getting elected again, don't really care about what happens after that. Uh... Will the Opposition Minister please introduce himself? Yeah, hello, I'm Joseph, but you can call me Minister, which is the title that I earned through blood, sweat, and a stomach-churning number of backroom preference deals. Okay, first question, gentlemen, it's for Education Minister Pellegrino. Why should we re-elect your government? Because being in charge is great, and uh, once you're in, it's really tough to give it up. <laughs> you know what they say, uh, absolute power is f***ing great. And the Shadow Minister now, Mr Miller, why should voters choose your party at the polls? Dunno, really. Our policies are slightly less sh than Look, his. I absolutely object to that. Because Please, let's respect the rules. Uh, our government's policies are absolutely heinous. I'm personally offended that you would even compare our borderline psychopathic policies to your borderline sociopathic policies. Well, what are the policies? Let's talk some uh, specifics. Uh, I'm not really one for details, to be honest, James. I couldn't really give a flying f***. But I'll tell you this. As Education Minister, I've presided over record weights of taxpayer money, uh, rampant fraud, uh, simply staggering abuses of power from me, Tim Pellegrino, right on down to the very bottom rung of the department. And Minister Miller, would you change this? Oh, absolutely not, James. I'm going to pretend to be concerned about this until literally the exact millisecond at which I become the new education minister, at which point I will immediately engage in corrupt activities, like straight off the bat. Okay, now on to some future policies. Can Minister Miller tell us about what policies he would enact if his party were to win the election? Not really, James. At this point, the country pretty much runs itself. I might try as a personal project to become more corrupt than Minister Pellegrino, but, you know, I can't make any promises. Okay, gentlemen, let's talk education. Minister Pellegrino, what is your opinion on the state of our schools? Well, as education minister, I've been to a lot of shithole schools in a lot of shithole areas, and getting to visit these awful tips has really helped me learn something. And what did you learn, Minister? I learned this cool trick where if you don't think about a horrible problem, you kind of stop feeling guilty. Pardon me? <laughs> Not really. I stopped feeling guilt a long time ago. Well, I can say, James, that if I become the next education minister, I'll visit twice as many hell schools in even shittier areas. Will you pledge to fix the schools up, Minister Miller? No. No, I won't be doing that. Why would I do that? Well, we're nearly out of time now. One more question for both of you, regardless of who wins on Thursday. Do you feel that Australia is heading the right direction? Minister Miller? Could not care less. And Minister Pellegrino? I can categorically state that I care even less than the Shadow Minister. Thank you both for being here. What an enlightening discussion. Where's the vomit bucket? Seeing all these disabled in the audience is making me nauseous. Ooh. A 
utterly splendid. You're back with the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sin. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode as we provided troubleshooting advice for early adopters of the Fantascope and played an important warning about dangerous Fantascope knockoffs that are surfacing in the black market. If the Fantascope was widely and freely available, none of this nonsense would be happening. So please, write to your local Member of Parliament and demand that the Fantascope be legalised in Australia. Now, if you have signed a constitutional rights waiver and got your hands on the Fantascope from our international distributors and you're worried about any of these rumours and problems we've discussed on this show, do not, under any circumstances, discontinue your use of the Fantascope. Regardless of any side effects you're experiencing, discontinuing use is probably the worst thing you can do. If anything... Try to use the Fantascope more. This is based on science. We've also received many requests for a clear, unambiguous disclosure of all potential side effects of long-term Fantascope use, as well as its recorded effects on brain activity. At New Horizons, we believe very strongly in transparency. So without further ado, here is what the Fantascope... Uh, Oh no, we're about out of time. What a shame. We'll have to bring you those details next week. Hopefully we don't make an honest mistake and forget. Thanks for joining us on the Fantascope Variety Hour on Sin, and happy dreaming. (laughs) 